Hey, everybody. Happy Friday from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I am here with Christina Lee. Hey, Robin. WXPN's John Morrison. Hey, what's up, Robin? And NPR Music's Marissa LaRusso. Hey, Robin. So happy to be here. It's New Music Friday, and we're looking at the best albums out now on June 3rd, starting with Fantastic Negrito's White Jesus, Black Problems. This is the opening cut, Venomous Dogma. me a Pink Floyd musically. I, I was thinking <laughs> Beatles throughout this whole record, you know? Off top, I love the title of this record. <laughs> <laughs> White Jesus, Black Problems. We all know Fantastic Negrito, Oakland-based singer-songwriter, guitarist, known for mixing up and combining all of these uh, different corners of the Black musical world. There's a lot of rock here, funk, soul, the blues. It has a lot of venom in it. He's talking about racism. He's talking a lot about gentrification. The theme that keeps coming up in the lyrics is about the hypocrisy that surrounds a lot of these broader social dynamics, or at least there's this ever-present idea that keeps coming up about people saying one thing and then doing another. And even in the moments where there's all of these like pretty, uplifting musical elements ringing off and these big like vocal harmonies and stuff are like dense. There's this constant, like, darker undercurrent to the lyrics and themes. Even though the music is very much based in roots and has this timeless quality to it, his eye is always on the present. It's always taking in his current surroundings and contextualizing it in a way that makes all these subjects seem really vital. I think what was really interesting, actually, about this album, too, was how... He offers even more context by way of his own family tree. So as he came to discover in the past year, his seventh generation grandmother was Scottish and his seventh generation grandfather was an enslaved black man, which made their relationship technically outlawed. Mm -hmm. So he touches on that throughout the album, but somehow miraculously he sounds emboldened rather than weighed down by this family history, as if to say that if his relatives persevere, then he can persevere through this stuff too. Let's talk about the sound of the record. We, we mentioned Pink Floyd and the Beatles. It is so trippy. I, it was not what I was expecting. All these chord patterns that descend in half steps and the tension that that sort of sound creates. I was really, really blown away and surprised by it. But he does have some songs that have a bit more familiar sound for longtime Fantastic Negrito fans. Here's a song called In My Head. Oh, in my head. In my head. 
that more traditional blues and gospel sound that I think a lot of people know him for and first fell in love with. When I was listening to this record, I was just thinking about how Fantastic Negrito won the very first Tiny Desk contest in 2015. And even from that very first contest entry all those years ago, like it was just so clear that he's such an ambitious artist and he has such a clear sense of his vision and his voice and his perspective. And, you know, obviously that vision and ambition has scaled up significantly with the records that he's put out. He's won Grammys, he's like played all over the world. As impressive and enormous as as the concept of his family history is, or the idea of bringing all these genres together is, I'm not surprised that he can like approach such enormous ideas and be able to make an album that feels so cohesive and personal and powerful from it. Fantastic Negrito, the album is White Jesus, Black Problems. Another big release for us this week comes from the singer and guitarist Angel Olsen. She's back with a new one called Big Time. This song is All the Flowers. Never thought the day would come When I would find someone to love me only To love me Spend the hours counting all the flowers. I'll be gone so fast, I'll fly across the midnight sky. So I think we should definitely talk about the sound of this record, but I also think the context in which Angel made this record is really crucial to understanding it because she wrote it at a really, really intense time in her life where a few years ago, she was going through the experience of coming to terms with her queerness and working through some like emotional upheaval related to that process. And she decided to come out to her parents, which you know can be like a pretty intense process. And she did that, had a conversation with her parents. It felt really relieving. And she celebrated with her partner and her friends and felt like the joy and freedom that that brought her. And then just days after that happened, um, her father passed away. And then shortly after that, her mother passed away. So just like a really intense time thinking about both the relief and joy of having come out and being in touch with her identity and being in love with her partner and the joy that that brought. And then obviously like just the deep grief of having lost both of her parents and also I think too, like having lost the opportunity to really be her full self around them when she had just been able to kind of have that moment with them. 
And so she actually recorded this record three weeks after her mother's funeral. And I think you can just hear like the real depth of emotion and intensity in these songs. You mentioned the sound of the record. I think it's perfect for all the things that she's working through on the album because, at least for me, it had a very classic late 60s, early 70s folk pop sound to it. Like, I thought a lot about Dusty Springfield. Mm -hmm. But so much of that kind of music back then was about, you know, going off into the world to find yourself and to figure out who you want to be. You know, it was these journeys of self-discovery, and you hear that on this record. You know, I was thinking about how she really started off as this like very folk-oriented singer-songwriter type, and then she put out that record in 2019, All Mirrors, which had this like huge synth-pop sound, and I wondered if she would keep going in that direction, but I feel like the content of these songs really lends itself to this more like classic country kind of sound. I feel like she has that expressiveness in her voice, that kind of twang in how she sings, and it really suits the romance and the grief and the human stories that are all over this record. Yeah, you say romance in addition to grief. The record isn't just a, a sad album or an album about loss. She celebrates falling in love with her partner, which you can hear on the title cut big time. Good morning, kisses, giving you all mine. Pull back the curtains, show And Marissa, that classic country sound you mentioned really comes through on this title cut big time. Totally. She actually co-wrote that song with her partner, which I think just makes it like even more sweet to listen to. And I think there's something like cinematic about that song. I think that was something people really loved about her last record was how big and dramatic and cinematic it could get. And I think even with the change in her sound here, she really still has that drama that's so fun to listen to. Angel Olsen is the singer and guitarist. Her new record is called Big Time. Let's go next to the artist known as 070 Shake. Her new one out today is called You Can't Kill Me. This is the song Cocoon. Wait a second, it's been a minute. Got the first six, what's the last four digits? Painkiller, doctor said feel better. Picking up a habit, it's a fucked up system. What's the rhythm? What's the rhythm? Since we're ready here, I guess we just go. I guess they should no, 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 no. Flowers gonna bloom, 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 bloom. Smoke is gonna rise, 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 rise. Chum out the cocoon, 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 cocoon. Why you didn't grow? Nah, I don't know. It's making me think that I was wrong. It's making me so emotional. This is 070 Shake's second album out on Good Music and Def Jam after Modus Vivendi from 2020. I think folks have been aware of her raw potential since 2016 when Kanye West came across her music. Between her singular vision and her reliable stable of collaborators, producers Dave Hemlin and Mike Dean, the appeal of her music remains the same. I mean, talk about dramatic and cinematic from Angel Olsen, right? Like the sheer scope of these songs is something to marvel at. How big these emotions feel, like 
when she's talking about how she got the first digits, what's the last four. I'm pretty sure she's talking about getting someone's phone number, but it sounds like her, <laughs> like her life depends on it. This one was a grower for me, which, you know, it, there never seems to be enough time to, to sit with a record and let it win you over, but that's what this one did for me. You know, it started off a little slow. It finally landed about halfway through with the song Cocoon, and then another one called Body right after that. I just love how gauzy this whole record is. But you know, it also got its hooks into me when I was able to sit with the lyrics for a bit. She seems to be confronting a lot of uniquely millennial and Gen Z problems. I don't know if you picked up on that, Christina. <laughs> what was uniquely millennial or Gen Z about this type of heartbreak, Robin? Well, be because she talks a lot about just how disconnected people have become and how hard it is to build lasting relationships. And... I just don't think that's something that was discussed much or was as big of a problem, say, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. On the song Wine and Spirits, she talks a lot about how media has turned us against each other, you know, and that we really need to just understand and respect our differences and stick together. You juxtapose the lyrics with how grand the song is, its scope, and how emotionally driven it sounds. Like, it really kind of just sounds like the stakes are so much bigger than even she wishes it to be, which I can see as being very millennial and very Gen Z. 070 Shake is the artist. Her new one is You Can't Kill Me. We do have a few more albums that we want to highlight for this week's New Music Friday, but first we need to take a short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. With budgeting comes the possibility of giving up some of the things you enjoy. For instance, you might be looking at your expenses thinking you're going to have to give up streaming music or pass on the next three-day music festival. Well, State Farm has options, like insuring your ride and your home with surprisingly great rates on both. These good neighbors don't think you should have to give up what you love for great insurance. So for surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. This message comes from NPR sponsor SmartWool. SmartWool's new lightweight and breathable activewear is here to help keep you cool and comfortable on even the hottest days. With naturally performing merino wool that beats the heat, the sweat, and the stink during every activity under the sun. So no matter how much you push, persist, or play, get out there with naturally breathable activewear and enjoy 15% off your first purchase when you sign up for SmartWool's mailing list. 
It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton along with Christina Lee, John Morrison, and Marissa LaRusso. And we're looking at the best albums out now on June 3rd. We start the second half of the show off with the rapper Namir Blade. His latest is called Metropolis. This is the song Boa. New whip, that's an oldie. Old flex, that's new shit. Last I checked, this wasn't a round table. We ain't asked for two cents. Uh, we ain't trim about nothing on nothing. Blow em up, go deep, deep with the bang. Pressure on your neck, top bang. Namir Blade, a Nashville-based MC and producer. I loved his album that he put out in 2020, Aphelion's Traveling Circus. This new one, Metropolis, is just as outstanding. Thematically, it's kind of like a, a memoir set in the future. It has like that dystopian feel to it. The flows are real bouncy and intricate. It's a really dope, outstanding record. This is the first that Namir Blade has produced entirely by himself. I was immediately reminded of both good music and Pass That Dutch by Missy Elliott. Yes, it's, it's totally, it's got that Pass That Dutch beat. I love it. So obviously this album takes its name after Metropolis, the pioneering 1927 sci-fi flick. And like you said, John, there's these futuristic touchstones throughout. Namir Blade not only paid attention to this idea that this narrative was supposed to take place in the future, but also like the class commentary that that film presented, how there's only a privileged few that get to benefit from those underlings who are toiling away at the boiler room underground. It's just that in this scenario, those very underlings are probably listening to Jeezy and Project Pat. You have a song like Mephisto, right, where he has this uh, gorgeous low-pass sample but then all of these pretty like doo-wop harmonies happening on top. I tell him, B come wipe me down, B come wipe me down. Girl go marvel at me, I'm Kevin Feige now. No, I don't start for nothing. I'm with wifey now, I'm with... Look, B come wipe me down, B come wipe me down. Girl go marvel at me, I'm Kevin Feige now. No, I don't start for nothing. I'm with wifey now, and we rolling up. And we pulling up. Uh. You know what I mean? You have a, a song like Award Speech, which is like this deeply introspective song where he's letting us into his mental state. And he's talking about self-doubt and putting on like this face and, and hiding behind facades. But it's it's all happening over ominous synth chords that sound like something out of like Blade Runner. I was losing sleep about it. I used to think I couldn't live without it. Back then, I couldn't give her outfit. She used to overlook me. I had the sisters acting out like whoopee. Even when I pushed the hoopie, yeah. And it's so colorful and so varied, and, and it has so much going on. It absolutely blew me away. So the 1927 film Metropolis is a silent movie. I want to watch that movie now and play this album while I'm watching right. it and see if there's any like yeah, anything <laughs> oh! syncs up. I think that'd be really cool to do. Metropolis is the record from Namir Blade. And let's hear and talk about one more album out today that we're loving. It's from the band Editrix. It's called Editrix 2. Editrix goes to hell. <laughs> this song is called Cowboy. Cowboy. 
love Editrix. This is a band led by Wendy Eisenberg, who is just an insanely talented musician. They are guitarists, they're an improviser, but they also write singer-songwritery stuff. They also play in rock bands, they're a composer, and they're just like exceptionally great at all of those things. I've never seen someone play guitar like them. And this band is a trio of equally talented artists as well. Steve Cameron on bass, Josh Daniel on drums. And they both have played in lots of different kinds of bands in and around Western Massachusetts, which is where Editrix is based. Wendy has this very delicate, beautiful singing voice, but then the guitar and the bass and drums in this band are so heavy and weird and smart. Everyone is doing so much on every song. And it's just like three people who are super locked in and really like feeding off each other's energy and writing these kind of crazy out of the box rock songs. You said weird and smart. Th those are two perfect words to describe what this sound is like. I mean, it's not only hard to pin down what one thing this music is, it's hard to pin down all the different sounds that come into play. You know, like I, you hear math rock and ska and prog rock and punk, and that's all often, you know, even in the same song, you'll hear that. I also feel like it never really feels like anyone is like really showing off or like mm. playing just to sound crazy. They're clearly having so much fun, even though I feel like the subject matter also can be kind of heavy and the musical things they're doing are really complicated. It's still a really, I think, delightful record to listen to. Wendy is always kind of writing like on a funny angle so that they're critiquing something and critiquing the response to it in the same breath. And Wendy Eisenberg can say so much with so little, mm -hmm. like just the theme of the evils of capitalism on a song called Gut Project. It's the accumulation of things. It's a small scourge and endless bidding. And that just says so much about mass consumerism and classism and so much just in those few little words. Editrix is the band. Editrix 2, Editrix Goes to Hell is the name of their sophomore release. <laughs> As always, there's a lot more music out today worth mentioning than we can fit in a single show, including ones from Drive-By Truckers, Andrew Bird. There's a new Guar album out today. I'll put a full list in the description for this episode in your podcast feed, but let's just go around the virtual room here and share some of our personal favorites for the week. John. Yeah, this actually came out last week, uh, but I've been rocking with the new 700 Bliss album. It's called Nothing to Declare. Uh, 700 Bliss is DJ Haram on the beats and More Mother on the vocals. And it's bass heavy, it's dance music mixed with like revolutionary poetry. I love it. Guerrilla warfare. Go get me shake from the lair. Christina. Okay, so rapper Post Malone, he's featuring Doja Cat, The Kid Leroy, and Fleet Foxes in what wow. he calls his most honest album yet. That record is called 12 Carat Toothache. Life is a bitch on time. I learned a hard way, learning all by myself. In a world full of flames, think I'm living in hell. After my first heartbreak, don't nobody else. 
Marissa. I've been really loving the record Teeth Marks by S.G. Goodman. It's her sophomore record, and I first checked it out um, because our great friend and colleague Ann Powers is a big fan. So to me, that's a pretty powerful endorsement. S.G. Goodman is a singer from Kentucky. She's a queer woman, and she really writes from the perspective of being queer, being from the South. She's thinking about community and class and addiction and trauma and love in these songs. Um, and it's all over this kind of big country Americana indie rock sound. She has a beautiful voice, and I think the production on the record is really beautiful too. Coming back to me, oh, I can see it. I see all my love coming back to me, oh, I can see it. And I'll mention the album Versions of Modern Performance from a band called Horse Girl. Marissa, if you don't know Horse Girl, I bet you would absolutely <laughs> love Horse Girl. Horse I do. Girl. I like the record, and as a horse girl, a former horse girl, I appreciate their message. A Chicago band, I'd call them guitar rock, but it's that nice mix of fuzzy loud guitars and kind of a dreamy haze to the mix. Their new album, Versions of Modern Performance, out today. It's their debut full-length album from Horse Girl. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday with Christina Lee, John Morrison, Marissa LaRusso. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Robin. Our show was edited and mixed by Ron Scalzo. It was produced with help from Bob Boylan. Our VP of Visuals and Music at NPR is Keith Jenkins. As I said, you can find a complete list of everything we talked about and played, along with other notable albums out this week, in the episode description for the podcast. It's also on our website at npr.org slash allsongs. If you haven't already, sign up for our newsletter. We only send it out once a week, and it's a great way to keep up with the latest Tiny Desks, reviews, interviews, and new music. You'll find it at npr.org slash musicnewsletter. All one word, music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. Music